Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, a lot has happened in the, like, a couple days since we last talked. Julio's a Buccaneer. A lot of guys going on the pup today. Well, this is recording this on Tuesday. So there'll be more in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Uh, Hollywood, his hamstrings have exploded, as, as predicted. As predicted. Yep. I mean, that man cannot be trusted. And uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like, I don't even know. Homeless. Looks, he looks like the sheriff from Stranger Things. Yep. Yep. And uh, Makai Becton looks absolutely incredible. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Did you see him walk into training camp? He looks fit. I'm like, that guy, there's no way. Is he like 150 pounds? Like the way, maybe it's because he's wearing a baggy shirt, but like he looked very good. He looks fit. Also, looks fit. CJ Uzama's t shirt's fantastic. Zach Wilson, person of the year. Have not seen it. Oh, it's literally. It's like a parody Time Magazine cover. I have not been on I have not been on Twitter for the last four and a half hours, and I'm starting to have the shakes. <laughs> a little withdrawal from, from uh, Adam. You don't even understand. T- uh, Twitter, Twitter is my favorite app. It's like my you know how people people have their app. their social media app. People like you know people have their Snapchat. People have Instagram. I have Twitter. Twitter makes me laugh every single day. Yeah, it's amazing. It's It's amazing. It is. But uh, we got two divisions to talk about today, the AFC and NFC West. And we got to start with the NFC West and talk about Mr. Independent Study over here with Kyler Murray. I mean... Story or non-story at this point? Non-story. Hilarious, though. Hilarious. Oh, quite funny. Quite funny. But non-story for me. Like, he should be doing that anyway. Yeah, but isn't it kind of a red flag that it has to be put in writing? Yep. Oh, that's a big red flag. But am I going to, am I like, am I... Am I going to hold it against him? No, of course not. Well, honestly, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't necessarily mean too much just because he's been fine as a quarterback without, well, I don't know if he has been or has not been studying film. Um, He's been, I guess, coasting on his talent. If you, for lack of a better word, he would have had a career high in yards last year, probably a career high in touchdowns and the fewest interceptions if he had played a, if he had played a full season. Missed three games. I, mean, I think I think Kyler is just fine. I mean, if you want to spin it in another direction, if now that he's contractually mandated to watch film, maybe he's even better heading into 2022. Can a man throw the ball out of a gym? Yep. Can he run really fast and make guys miss? Yep. He'll be fine. Yeah. I just think it's kind of ridiculous that you're like, you have to put that. And the way that, um, you know, we all love reading Rappaport here on this podcast. He's a big friend of the show. 
he's a big friend of the show. Yes. One one person in this Zoom call has actually talked to him. In that person. is true. That is true. I've had numerous conversations with Ian, and I have email proof of my conversations with Ian. And the interview, and the interview is somewhere. I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it. Maybe, maybe I take the interview and I post the Baseball Talk podcast. Ooh. I don't even know why you did that interview. I mean, just besides the fact that you got to talk to Ian, but like, I don't think we did it for a project. No, I did. I was good. I was going to do it for Kaepernick and that we, that oh, we did, yeah. that we did. And it just was not a very insightful interview on Kaepernick. We just talked about everything else, which was fine, which was fine. It, it worked out well. I, I would say so. But anyway, what I was saying is that the way that Ian Rappaport kind of spun that was like, you know, contracts are a give and take. And that's why the Cardinals put in, that Kyler Murray needs to have a minimum of four hours of film study per week or four hours of independent study per week. And we're like, is this a fucking NIL deal for a college kid? Pretty much. Pretty like much. you made it this far in, in league and you have to have it in writing that you have to study film. It's, I, I don't know. It's ridiculous to me. Non-story though. Yeah. For me. Well, we'll see. Because as soon as if Kyle, if the Cardinals get off to a slow start, you know, you know what the talking points are going to be. Well, yeah, probably. Probably. Same thing with the Jets. What? I was, okay. Kyle was not watching film and Zach's too busy banging moms. Well, listen, he could have some TV on the back. Never mind. Jesus. Jesus. So Kyler Murray, my QB five. He's amazing. He's amazing. Um, Definitely a little bit of a worry that he's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for six games. Don't know what the hell is going on with with Hollywood Brown. Uh, Of course, like I said, recording this on Tuesday, just got word a little while ago when we were on actually the, uh, the NFC and AFC North show with Jake, by the way, that is available. Go check it out. Uh, that Hollywood was going on the pup with a hamstring injury. And we'll talk about Hollywood in a minute, but that is a big problem for Kyler, especially if he is going to be without his top two targets for any prolonged period of time. So, of course, he'll have Zach Ertz. Great. He'll have James Conner. Cool. But who does he have at the receiver position? And if, let me say, let me have a look. And we can actually, you know what? I'll wait till we get there to look at the receiver position. We'll, we'll talk more about Hopkins and Brown. I'll, I'll figure this out. But um, a little bit of a concern with the lack of depth at receiver right now. Um, but overall, Kyler's going to be fine. I'm not uh, too worried about it. Maybe, if anything, the schedule might be a little bit of an issue for him. Second hardest schedule uh, for quarterbacks. And doesn't help the go up against the Rams twice. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that, that balances out his matchups against the uh, Seahawks, his yeah. two matchups against the Seahawks. True, true. And then kind of like middle of the road matchups with the 49ers. Yes, but they do. I also go to Denver where the Cardinals like literally have barely ever beaten the Broncos in their history. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, he's going to Minnesota, which is going to be tough. So he's playing the AFC West as well. So he's playing uh, Kansas City, Fine. going to Vegas. Fine. Uh, going to Denver, uh, and then the Chargers. Uh, yes, and then yeah. the Chargers. Yeah. All right, it's so the Chiefs. 
that Chiefs Cardinals game is going to be fun. That's going to be that's a lot one. of points. And that's week one. Oh, yes, please. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Yep. Love so that. Ho- yeah, and he's home against the Chargers as well. So that's going to be a, a solid. All right, so he'll be in friendly confines and against the Chargers. All right, that's good. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I Well, not – I don't know. I think it's going to be – it's going to – it might be tough heading into his third year. Like, all this pressure is on him now. He got his big contract. Um, the team isn't what it was. You know, they lost a fair amount of depth in free agency. It's in flux. It's in flux, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals suck. Yeah. Although, and Cliff, I mean, King, and Cliff Kingsbury loses his job. It would surprise me if the Cardinals suck and Kyler Murray is healthy for the majority of the season. I think he'll be. I think he'll be healthy for the majority. I think it just comes down to, I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a very good coach. And I said that at nauseum on the show. I do not think he's a good coach. No. Uh, by the way, if you want to, your, your periodic subway series update. 2-2? Two, two? No, it's 4-2. Great. Eduardo Escobar hit a two-run homer. And it's still, and it just, they just finished the first inning. Fuck Jordan Montgomery. That dude sucks. <laughs> uh, the running backs. Yes, the running backs. Since you are since you are cap for time and you are dilly dallying, I am. Uh, the running backs. James Conner is uh, is a guy here. Uh, they lost Chase Edmonds to the Dolphins in the free agency. Yep, but it still looks to be more of a committee. Um, it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a committee, but definitely Darren Williams is going to have a role to play uh, for sure. I just more I I more so have concerns about James Conner with what does his regression look like? 16, excuse me, 18 total touchdowns a year ago. Math is difficult. He's not going to have 18 total touchdowns again. I mean, maybe he's lucky. Let's see what I have him down for. I have him, I have him down for 12. Well, he was one of those guys that we talked about on the regression show where he's going to have serious negative regression as far as touchdowns. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by, and by the way, I don't want to go too far off topic. Guess who's at the uh, Subway Series right now? Is it Jake? No. Oh. Someone it... we both want. Oh, really? Well, his dad does work for the Mets. Who? Donovan. Oh, Donovan's dad works for the Mets? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that. Oh. Anywho. Anywho, yes, Donovan Mitchell is at, is at the uh, game. Please go to, go to the New York Knicks. Thank you. Um, but the thing with Connor is that I think he's going to be a little touchdown dependent. I don't see him as a thousand yard rusher. I just don't. And he wasn't a thousand yard rusher last year. He was even close to a thousand yard rusher last year. He had 752 rushing yards. He hasn't been so, close to a thousand yards since 2018. And that was the yep. Le'Veon Bell year. That was the Le'Veon Bell year. Yep. With a great Steelers offensive line. So you really are going to have to bank on the touchdowns with James Conner. And is, is he in a great position to get them? Yeah. Yeah, he might be. Um, but I just really worry about what statistical regression looks like with, with James Conner. And then factor in that I don't have him getting over 40 catches. That's kind of a problem too. So the PPR upside is definitely limited with him. Yeah. So let's check out before we move on to receivers, because that's going to be a big one. Um, in full point PPR on fantasy pros, James Connor is at 15. I have him at 17. 
So James Conner is around. Alvin Kamara uh, is at 14. Zeke is at 16. David Montgomery's at 17. Cam Akers, 18. That's disgraceful. I know. I know. I love him. Great guy. Uh, Travis Etienne at 19, and then uh, Bruce Hall at 20. Bruce Hall's at 20. Wow. Yeah. I'm lower on Bruce Hall. I move him down. I move him down today too. Well, I think that was very well established on the AFC East show that you were. Yeah, I moved him lower, down. I moved him down even more. Wow. I moved him down even more. I moved, I moved him down to 24. I don't necessarily blame you, but, um, you know, moving on to the receivers for the Cardinals, like you were saying before, the depth is just not there now with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for six games. Uh, Marquise Brown with hit with nagging injuries you know recurring injuries uh it seems like christian kirk leaving in free agency seems like it's the rondell moore show rondell moore and aj green are the next two receivers up in my ranks for for arizona rondell moore is at 58 aj green is at 86 and then let me see if i have another arizona receiver uh ranked on here i don't i don't so it is just, just AJ Green and Rondell Moore that I have ranked out of 153 receivers. So, uh, yeah, that's that. But on, on honestly, it, Rondell Moore, I guess, could be a little appealing late. Maybe, maybe even AJ Green because of the, the proven track record. Um, but honestly, if you're telling me that at Hollywood is coming into the season with already hasn't been, even been in camp for 24 hours. You know, as a hamstring, like that's not good. No. And he's been kind of off and on with injuries in his short career so far. Uh, uh, yes. Very much. Especially, so. especially those soft tissue injuries. We always like to talk about them. Well, really we don't like to talk about them because they suck and they're, and they derail, uh, seasons and they get worse as you get older, but you know, that's just the thing with soft tissue injuries in, uh, injuries is that, yeah, they get worse as you get older and you just have to, it's not great for that to happen. So he's missed, he's missed um, three games over his three-year career, but he's also played hurt many, many times. So that definitely does not help. Um, Hollywood at all. Uh, he's by wide receiver 27. I moved him down um, today. Uh, actually, I'm going to move him down a little more. I'm going to move him down to my wide receiver 29 um, with Darno Mooney and Jerry Judy going above him and Amari Cooper. So move him down. Move him down a little bit. Um, but uh, it's not good. It's not, it's not good for, for Hollywood at all. And it's not going to inspire confidence that I'm going to go ahead and draft him um, if I know he's having a hamstring in- injury already. Uh, and as for DeAndre Hopkins, my wide receiver 38, I love him, love him, love him. If you can get him at a value where we're talking, maybe you're getting him in round eight or nine. I think that's great. If you could pull that off and you feel like you have a good enough team around him, that's the most important thing. If you feel like you have 
a good enough team around DeAndre Hopkins where they can hold it together and you can go three and three until he comes back, you're golden. That's all you need to do. Let's go yep. three and three. That's it. Even two and four. Two and four, you're fine. One and five, oh and six, that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I was listening to the show that you did with Jake uh, about the AFC, NFC South, talking about Alvin Kamara. And you guys got into like kind of a mini discussion about suspensions and dealing with players who are suspended. Um, I kind of, it can go either way for me, but I think that if you're getting somebody at a value, suspensions are different than injuries because I know that you guys brought up Michael Thomas a fair amount when talking about uh, banking on a player to be good after when you know, like drafting them when you know they're not going to start the season. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the difference really for that is that there was always going to be a chance that Michael Thomas wasn't going to play the whole season just because of injuries. But with DeAndre Hopkins, he's healthy. And you know that that's why he's missing time. It's not because of injury necessarily. But uh, yeah, so for this, I'm not as like hesitant on taking him at like, if you can get him in like double digit rounds, would he even go that far? Or do you think he's probably going like round eight, round nine? I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you where he's gone. Let's look him up on, uh, on the good old fantasy football calculator. And I'll tell you where he's going. If my uh, computer wants to do, wants to do its job, that would be awesome. But granted it is also eight o'clock at night. So I don't blame it for not wanting to do its job. So Deandre Hopkins on FFC is going. No, it can't be round five. I got to find him. Uh, Where the fuck is he? He's going. No, he can't be later than this. I don't see him. Am I blind? Let me just do it. Let me just do it by... uh, position unless they don't have him on here but he's suspended he's not hurt how crazy would it be if he's like he's going undrafted that would just be silly you know he's not he's not listed huh he is not listed i don't know why oh no he is psych he is going high holy crap he's going in the sixth round right now Ooh. That's steep. That's steep for me. Give me like two receivers that are around him. Mike Williams and Adam Thielen. I'd have both of those guys over Mm -hmm. Hopkins. Uh, Darnell Mooney is going at the back end of round six. Hopkins is going above Hollywood. Well, that's just absurd. That's silly. That's just silly. It's not worth it. Not worth it. At that point, I'm just not drafting him. Mm-mm. If he's going nope. that high, no way. Nope. Nope. Not a chance. Uh, okay. So any other receivers that you want to talk about for the Cardinals? Or... Nope. We talked about them all. Cool. And their tight ends is who? Max Williams? Is Zach Arnold? Oh, it's Zach Ertz, right. Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. Yes. So Zach Ertz is pretty good, you know. As top, ten, top 10 tight end. He'll be steady, especially if you have concerns about 
Hollywood now, Earth's going to be in line for a shit ton of targets. I kind of like Zach Ertz, even though I, for a second there, I forgot that he played for the Cardinals. I do like him, uh, at, like where he's going. At the worst, he's the second passing option in this offense for six weeks. At best, he's the first. Then when Hawkins is back, he's like the third. Honestly, You'll get six great weeks out of Ertz, and you could probably trade it for something. He could be the second once Hopkins comes back. I think what a great idea could be is taking Zach Ertz and taking Cole Komet. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, actually. Zach Ertz is, Zach Ertz is the established option. Wait for Cole Komet to establish himself. And then when Cole Komet establishes himself, you trade Zach Ertz, and boom, you have Cole Komet. Yep. It's a good call. Thank you. And if Cole Komet never breaks out and Zach Ertz ends up doing well, then you have Zach Ertz. Yeah, correct. So, yeah. Uh, let's go and talk about, I don't know, let's talk about the Seahawks. Sure. Uh, the Seahawks should be bad. It seems yep. that way. Yep. I have Drew Locke as my QB 31. Geno Smith is my QB 34. Only viable in two quarterback leagues. Fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, Chris Carson retired. Yeah, I, that was one of the things I did not see on, on the show. I saw everything else, but I did not see it. Chris Carson officially announced his retirement. Yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. Yeah, I saw it after the fact. I mean, I was shocked that he even needed to announce it, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think that they were like, the way that it was phrased, I guess, they were kind of leaving it open to um, just in case his neck injury gets better. But honestly, why even risk it at no. that point? No, you don't fuck around with that. No, absolutely not. So You don't you fuck gotta, around with that. And obviously wishing uh, wishing Chris Carson the best. Yeah, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, that's good for Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny. Yep, it should be. I have Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker back to back to my ranks, RB34, RB35. Um, I'm taking I'm probably taking Rashad Penny over Kenneth Walker. Um, it, it, the whole th- this whole situation just feels very I was talking to Jake about it today off air, and it, it, I said to him. It's very Javante Williamsy to me. You know, I can kind of see that, but Rashad Penny is another one of those guys that just gets injured all a lot. Well, that's the flip side. I said it's either very Javante Williamsy or it's very Jonathan Taylorsy, where we say, "Oh, you got to worry about Marlon Mack. Got to worry about Marlon Mack." And Marlon Mack has five carries and tears his Achilles, and Jonathan Taylor is off to the races. True, and. I think that it's probably more Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, where for the inevitable Rashad Penny injury, Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy. And, you know, they drafted Kenneth Walker with a high pick because they expect him to be the guy going forward. Second round pick, second round pick. I mean, that's exactly what the the Broncos spent on Javante Williams and, and Kenneth Walker. We saw his last season at, at Michigan. Guy had 300-plus carries. Michigan he, State. Michigan State, excuse me. Michigan State. You're going to have and, a bunch of Wolverines or Spartans coming for your head. No, I, I, I was looking at something before where, where uh, Harbaugh was talking shit that Michigan wasn't going to be afraid about going to going to Ohio State, going to the shoe. And, you know, I, I, I got something to say to, uh, to John Harbaugh. He can, he can go fuck himself. 
Um, but you know, he was a, Kenneth Walker was great at Michigan State. He was a workhorse. He was their entire offense in 2021, and now here we are. He's going into an offense where they're going to need a workhorse. They're going to need someone to not take put so much pressure on two quarterbacks that, quite frankly, suck. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo goes there, we need to have an entirely different discussion about this Seattle offense. I think it could actually be somewhat okay if Jimmy Garoppolo is there. But as of right now, it is Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and I want no part of that. No, thank you. I agree. I definitely agree. And I wouldn't be surprised by week eight, week nine, it's Kenneth Walker's backfield, even if Rashad Penny stays healthy. Um, I said week six. I said week six is when I would have to consider making a move if Kenneth Walker is not the guy. But but I also think on the flip side of it, he's great by low on week six. That if he's not oh, the guy, yeah, he's not the guy, and you're on a you're a contending team, and you know the Kenneth Walker manager is struggling and needs some help. Trade for Kenneth Walker. He becomes your fourth running back, and if Kenneth Walker pops off second half of the season, then guess what? You got you got a championship winner on your roster that cost you next to nothing because the Kenneth Walker manager was not patient. Well, he can, he's very reminiscent of a certain Rams running back a little bit, or even a certain Ravens running back. Wonder who that guy is from a couple of years ago where you kind of wait, you wait on him, you wait on him. And then, you know, he booms right around the playoffs and that's where you need him, need him the most. And he could win you a championship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. Because, like you said, Kenneth Walker, what do you score like fifty touchdowns against Michigan State? I might, or for Michigan State, I might be exaggerating a little bit. I think that's pretty close. I don't, I don't know the number off off the top of my head. Um, I mean, does it doesn't matter? At the end of the day, he was he was up three hundred. I would, I even want to say he had three hundred and fifty plus carries for Michigan State. You think oh, it was, it, was, it to- was touches. It was touches. Excuse me. I had 300 touches for, for Michigan state, not carries. I apologize. Um, but he had, yeah, he had 18, had 19 total touchdowns. I said 50, like five, zero. Oh, that's 50. Why. Oh, 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 I heard 15. Well, when you said it's pretty, I think that's pretty close. I assume that you heard, I said 15. I was like, I, I heard 15. pretty close to 50. Yeah. I heard 15. I apologize, but okay. uh, yeah. Walker, Walker's your stash. Walker's your stash play, and they are going right now. If I can find both of them on FFC, they are going. Penny's going at the six eight. Kenneth Walker's going at the eight six. I love that for Kenneth Walker. I am good with that. I am down at that price. Fine, fine by me. Yeah, me too. Very Javante Williamson. Yeah. And I mean, it's a little different than Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins because those guys were, you found them on waivers and like they weren't getting drafted as much. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the effect is kind of the same. Yep. You are stashing those guys. Yep. Um, 
moving on to more established players for the Seahawks, the receivers, Tyler, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, my wide receiver, 21. Tyler Lockett, my wide receiver, 37. Massive concerns with both of them because there is definite uncertainty at the quarterback position. If I would rather have one, I'd rather take the shot on Metcalf because I think the ceiling is greater with Metcalf than it is with Lockett. Yeah, this is the classic uh, thought exercise or discussion of do you factor how much do you factor quarterback play into picking a receiver? Big time. And Big for time. me, yeah, it's it's like basically it's half of your thought process for me. I literally literally just talked about this no more than two hours ago with the whole with Justin Jefferson. I said because Jake has Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver one, and I said to him because we were talking about Kirk Cousins. And he was kind of he was kind of like on the fence about Kirk Cousins. And I said, "Well, you have to like Kirk Cousins a little bit if you have Justin Jefferson as your wide receiver one." It's true. I mean, some guys obviously are a little quarterback proof, like uh, Larry Fitzgerald, for example. DeAndre career. Hopkins for every year he was in Houston with guys not named Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, even like uh, Allen Robinson, except for last year. Yeah, it's a great one. But otherwise, I think that quarterback really does have to factor in to your thought process. Has to. And that's why DK Metcalf and and Tyler Lockett are this low. Because if they had, if they're with Russell Wilson, Lockett is a top 20 receiver and Metcalf's probably a top 12 receiver. Yeah. I mean, but you're not really thinking about that now because this is the reality that we live in is that Russell Wilson's not there anymore. Correct. And we'll get we'll get to Russell Wilson later in the show, but yep. um, I yeah I don't really have too many disputes there on the receivers. Um, anybody uh, at tight end for the Seahawks? No offense. That's no offense. If it's Drew Locke, yep, yes, please. I actually I actually do like him. Uh, even if it is Geno Smith, I do like him because we're out of Seattle. Is that no offense has actually looked fairly decent. Um, in many camps and I mean, obviously not in training camp yet because they only just got there, but uh, the entire offseason so far since he's been there, apparently Noah Fant has really done some good things. And I know we talked about this um, earlier in the offseason, but I think we both are on the same boat. We'd rather take the chance on Noah Fant than we would take the chance on TJ Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, because Noah Fant, I think, I, I don't want to say he has higher upside, but I think that Noah Fant, he doesn't have as much of an, a, a spotted injury history or a spotty injury record as Hawkinson does. Uh-huh. And um, the chemistry that is there with Drew Locke and Noah Fant definitely has that, like, he could finish in the top 10 or not top 10, top 15 by the time that the season's over with how shallow the tight end position is. Yeah, and it doesn't require much, especially with the Seattle Seahawks offense. That's going to be passing a shit ton. I mean, a lot of garbage zone, time. That could end up being like Jimmy Graham in 2017, where they're just like feeding Noah Fant the ball. In the uh, I don't know zone. about that. I don't know about that, because the first look in the red zone is going to be DK Metcalf. Probably. It's going to be DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, I've projected for 10 touchdowns. Noah Fant, I have projected for... Let me just look on my I project for five. Hmm. Well, I mean, he'd be probably the second look in the red zone, I would think. 
possible. It's possible. I mean, you also have Kenneth Walker that can uh, that can that can do the job too. Yeah, but like in passing situations, uh, lock it, lock it. You got to factor him in as well. He's not going away. True, but I mean, you got a big tight end in Noah Fant that can just muscle guys in the end zone. Mm. This guy I'm looking for is going to muscle anybody in the end zone. It's DK Metcalf. Well, we've established that. He'll be looked at. He'll be looked at for sure, but he's got to get open. And we've seen throughout his career, despite my hatred for Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett gets open. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to the Rams. You like a lot of players on the Rams, actually, because a couple of your children are on the Rams also. It's a pretty fruitful situation. Uh, I love Matt Stafford. This, this, is my, this is my family's organization. Yeah. God bless the Cronkies. Great people. Yeah, great people. I don't know, but hey, hey, Uncle Stan, Uncle Stan, and cousin Josh were in. Uh, were they were in Orlando Sunday to watch the mighty Arsenal rip Chelsea to pieces four 0 Fun stuff. Gabby Jesus, what a player! What a player! What a talent! Yeah, Ronaldo. Ronaldo has posters of Gabby Jesus in his bedroom. Well, the three Gabbies, I should add. Gabby Jesus, Gabriel Watanelli, and, and uh, Gabriel Maglash. And I kind of miss Gabby Jesus, but I, I, I'm not bitter. Because we better have... than Holland. No, he is not better than Holland. Absolutely better than Holland. You know who absolutely is better than Holland? Matthew Stafford. He's a Super Bowl winner, which Ernie Holland is not. And Matthew Stafford is, is my QB 13. He's a quarterback in a Sean McVay offense. What more do you want? They just won the Super Bowl. I'm taking him... Any opportunity I can get, I'm looking for Matt Stafford. No, that's not true. Every opportunity you get, you're looking for Derek Carr. Shh, it'll give me away. Worst kept secret. Worst kept secret in the world. But Stafford's going to be fine. Um, it's see, I don't know how, but it seems like he's managed to improve his overall fitness. There are no injury concerns. He's looked great. And um, yeah, he's going to be as steady as they come. So I think as a QB 13, he's an excellent option for those that want to go back on the bus in terms of drafting quarterback. And, you know, he's on a team that actually improved after winning the Super Bowl, where they got a couple of good weapons in free agency. Well, one in particular in free agency. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, lo- love Matt Stafford here, uh, where where he's going. And I think the one thing that you have to worry about with Stafford is kind of like Burrow, where he's going to be going a lot higher than he was last year because of the fact that they won a Super Bowl. Give me, give me Matthew Stafford over Joe Burrow. I mean, I have Matthew Stafford throwing for more yards and just about the same amount of touchdowns as Joe Burrow. I know. But which one's going higher? Well, Joe Burrow has the QB9. Stafford has QB13. Burrow is being drafted as the QB4. So there you go. Silly to me. It's silly to me. But I still think that compared to last year, you're not going to get Matt Stafford in. Matt Stafford is going double digits last year because we just didn't know what he was going to look like in the, in the Rams yeah, offense. Yeah, yeah. 
even in some even in some spots now, I I would imagine you can get Matt Stafford in round ten, round eleven, no problem. I don't know. I think some people are still going. I mean, depends. You got to know the room when you're drafting, but I think you might have to. You might see a lot of people reaching for Matt Stafford because they're kind of expecting him to um, improve on or just do do well compared to last season. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Stafford, is a, he doesn't scream like the kind of guy that people are going to just reach for. Like, I'm thinking of reaches. I'm looking at Rodgers. I'm looking at Joe Burrow. I'm looking at Tom Brady. Those are guys that I think could be reaches. But I don't really think anybody's going to go crazy to reach for Stafford. I mean, they could because he won the Super Bowl. But I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm going to have to see. I'd say well, I was in two boxes today and Stafford was going in right in round 10, which is perfect. I mean, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's not bad. Meanwhile, tr- meanwhile, we're going to talk about Trey Lance, but oof, Trey Lance was going in round 13. And that was, be- that was before uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took, took the stage. Good God. What is Trey Lance? Where, where what, what is going to happen to Trey Lance? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him. Yes, uh, we will talk about him. Uh, we haven't talked about your favorite running back. You mean my son? Yes. I mean, what's there not to love? He is a running back in a Sean McVay offense. Sean McVay likes to use one running back in his offenses. He wants one bell cow back. That is going to be Cam Akers. What's not to love? Maybe, maybe the PPR upside is a little limited with Cam Akers. Maybe he, I don't have him projected for 40 catches. Okay. But I just don't understand how you have so called experts and sharps that are saying Cam Akers sucks after he averaged 2.4 yards per carry in 2021 playoffs included after coming off of an Achilles injury. And also key factor, the Rams let his biggest competition walk in free agency to Miami. Mm, Darrell Henderson is still there. True. But Darrell Henderson would be the, the, the clear competition, but it's also, but it's also who he went up against. He went against the 49ers twice and against the Bucks. Yeah. He's got, he has had a whole offseason to produce. He's got training camp. He's got preseason, which I assume we're going to see Cam Akers in. And he's 23 years old. He's even reached his prime yet. I love it. This is this is the perfect, perfect, perfect post-hype sleeper. I love it. I'm crazy for Cam Akers. I mean, if Cam Akers, I said a couple minutes ago, he was the RB18 in, P, in full point PPR. That's absurd. Put it this way for all the people at home. I got a number one pick today. I'm going to be taking Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry at one. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that coming back around, I will be taking Cam Akers at the turn if he's there. No no doubt. 
no doubt in my mind. I got the 10 pick, and I might consider taking K-Makers with one of my picks in the turn. No, you're not. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I got to take Derek Carr at, at the 10. No, you're going to take Devontae Adams, and then you're, and then you're going to make sure you get Derek Carr later so you get the stack. Ooh, you know what? That's a good, that's a good shout. I might do that. Yeah, of course. I would. I, I, absolutely, I fucking would. The Derek Carr, Devontae Adams stack. Crazy. The college chemistry stack. Good God. You might as well just call yourself the Fresno State Bulldogs. I have to, I'll do. I won't do any research on actual fantasy. I'll just do research on Fresno State Bulldogs in the NFL and just draft all those guys. Perfect. Perfect. But yes, Cam Akers, I love him. I love him. What a guy. Please draft him. You won't regret it. Yep. Another easy position, wide receiver. Yep. Cooper Cup, he's fantastic. Wide receiver one, he's going to be terrific. I have him down for 115 receptions. That's too good to pass up as the wide receiver one. Uh, you want to talk about post-type sleepers? Somebody that we never talk about that we probably should talk about, even though he's not – I mean, he might be the number three now with Alan Robinson signing uh, with the team, Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. No. It's my wide receiver 66. Really? Mm-hmm. Van Jefferson, deep sleeper. Let's see how many, what I have him down for my projections. I have him down for 47 catches. Next. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you could you could waste your time with Van Jefferson. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, fine. Al Robinson's the real post-type sleeper on. Oh office. my good god! Oh, what a beautiful man! Yeah, this is the first year that Al Robinson is going to have a proper quarterback. Oh, he had Blake Bortles for a couple of years. The first year that he's going to have a proper quarterback. This is this is the new Robert Woods. This is the new Robert Woods for this offense. Now, now, there are concerns that what happens when Odell Beckham Jr. is cleared from his ACL injury and he goes back to the Rams, which from what I've been told is still in the cards that all signs are pointing towards that unless someone is going to offer him big money, Green Bay, he's going to go back to the Rams. Might hurt Allen Robinson a little bit. Not a lot for me to really uh, stay off of. He's got 85 catch upside with eight, nine touchdowns written all over him because there's how talented he is. He is so, so, so good at football. It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, this is really the test to see if Allen Robinson was just pulling a Pierre Luc Dubois in Chicago and just kind of like, not putting in a hundred percent because he wanted to get traded and not be on the bears anymore. Probably, probably. And he's still got the bag. Yep. He's it's gonna be fun. still got it's the bag. Fun. Where is, before we move on to uh, our other favorite guy, Tyler Higby at tight ends. Uh, <laughs> our favorite guy from two years ago. Ugh. 
Uh, where's Al Robinson going on FFC? He is going. I keep looking on teams. I'm an idiot. He is going. 6-6. Six, six. That's not bad. Love it. After DeAndre Hopkins, by the way. Oh, that's, yeah. I, would have I love Robinson. it. I love it. My wide receiver, 24. All right. Uh, so do you want to talk about Tyler Higby or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's worthwhile. Worthwhile to talk about. My tight end, 18. He's he's okay. Got upside as okay. the tight end for Matthew Stafford. He's fine. He's fine. He's in the same range of as like Robert Tunyon, as David Njoku. 12, 14 team leagues. He has a appeal. Okay. Cool. All right. 49ers. Oh, ha! the day has come. The day has come. Thank you. Thank you. We live in a world where Trey Lance is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's Trey Lance time. Please draft Trey Lance everywhere you can. I'm begging. I'm on I, I'm on my knees. Draft him. He may not be the best passer in the world. He may have some shocking games passing the ball. But this dude with his legs can flat out do some damage. Well, this is the new paradigm of fantasy football now is that you can be, you could have a noodle arm. Your arm could be made of paper mache, but if you can hold a football under your arm and run for a touchdown, then uh, you're good. You're a top 10 quarterback. He is in an offense that is run by Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is going to tailor make this offense for Trey Lance. Like, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know yes, I'm time I know I'm time capped, but I do want to have like a little side tangent. Do you think that going in a couple of years we might be going to a standard system <laughs> where passing touchdowns will be worth six as well as rushing and receiving touchdowns to kind of counteract uh all these run, running quarterbacks? No, no, not really. I don't think it'll be standard because you have, I mean, CBS, you play any league on CBS, CBS is six point. Really? It just comes, it just comes down to site. It just, it just comes down to site. And I don't think it'll be standard. I, I, I don't think so. Well, I guess maybe I'm phrasing the question wrong. Do you think more people will shift towards that to kind of put Probably. more emphasis back on quarterbacks who are good throwers and not just runners? Probably, probably, but then again, it, it pushes the value of the quarterback up, which I mean, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. I mean, that's not, it's not a half terrible question. That's not a half terrible question at all, Adam. It could, it could, I, I know I won't, but I say that now, but maybe. Maybe. I tend to lean no, but is it possible? Yes. 
because I feel like the, the stuff that you're saying about this is probably what a lot of people said about PPR when that was first established. Probably. But I mean, I just, I'm not, it's not that I don't like all these running quarterbacks is that it just doesn't, it just changes the way you look at the position. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does for sure. And, you know, kind of defeats the whatever, but that's besides the point. Um, the running backs, I, I mean, Elijah Mitchell should be a good option. He should be the lead guy in this backfield, but we know that it's a committee because that's what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. And he said it himself. That's going to be a committee. So you're going to have your combination of Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Tyrion Davis price, and maybe Trey Sermon question mark. Maybe. Michael Hasty, maybe. Um, but Elijah Mitchell has my RB22. And I just tend to move him all over the place. He doesn't he doesn't get higher than 20 for me. He doesn't get lower than 24 for me. He's just somewhere in the middle. Um I worry about him with the touchdown upside now that Trey Lance is the starter and the fact that he's gonna be in this committee. Uh, it's a little bit of a concern for me, but he's fine. He's fine. And I think it's kind of a guy, you know, if you're going to go zero RB and you're looking for a guy to start a running back room around, I think you can do a lot worse than Elijah Mitchell. I think if you're looking at this group of Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, Antonio Gibson, Brees Hall, Damian Harris, probably the guy I would want out of that group is Mitchell. Where did you say you had him again? 22. Fantasy Pros has him at 24 in full point. Okay. Who, who are the guys that are around him? Uh, so Josh Jacobs is a 22. Okay. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is a 23. A.J. Oh, Dillon is a 25. Miles Sanders at 26. Okay. Clyde at 27. Kareem Hunt at 28. Where the Chase hell do they have Brees Hall? Uh, Brees Hall is a 20. Okay. All right. Okay. Where do they have Antonio Gibson? 21. Okay. All right. I didn't hear those names. I was like, wait. What am, I, what am I missing? Um, but yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell's fine. Mitchell's fine. A little safe. Upside might be a little limited, but he's fine. Yeah. And I kind of see it. I see what you're seeing with Mitchell, where all those like one yard touchdowns are going to gonna go to Trey Lance and not Elijah Mitchell. Or a lot of those rushing touchdowns might go to Trey uh, Lance a, and not a Mitchell. A percentage of them. A percentage of them, yes. Which hurts him. Which hurts him. Because if he's only if he's a thousand yard back, okay. But if he only has six, seven touchdowns, what's he really? Yeah. He's a mediocre running back. I wouldn't say mediocre, but he's not great. Right. He's not great. Uh, he's boring. Was, he's boring. He is. He would be. Yes. Uh, receivers. Debo Samuel. Debo I mean, Samuel, my wide receiver. Do I have him at nine? Yes. My wide receiver, nine. Close to agreeing a contract extension as well. So definitely helps that, you know, you get a, if you can get a commitment out of Debo Samuel to say in San Francisco, um, that's good news. And I worry about him a little bit given Trey Lance. And I want to see how well he passes the ball. I'm definitely going to be very interested to watch Trey Lance in the preseason just to kind of see how he looks. Um, passing that's a definite concern of mine um but 
for now, Debo Samuel is my wide receiver nine, and that could absolutely change because I have yet to sleep on the Tampa guys after the Julio move, and I definitely want to uh, revisit my ranks um, tomorrow and just kind of see where I'm at with the Tampa guys and see, you know, I throw those projections again and figure out where I'm comfortable ranking them right now. I have Evans at 10 Godwin at 12 and Julio at 51 Russell gauge 54. If anybody is concerned, Russell gauge is pretty much good as dead to me. Well, yeah, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now, but Russell gauge could be a nice little sleeper because does anybody really trust Julio Jones to stay healthy? I don't. A 33-year-old Julio Jones? No. No. Uh-uh. He's he's 80 in wide receiver years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, Jake and I's good buddy, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, what a guy. I like My Brandon Ayuk, too. I love Brandon Ayuk. Just he's kidding. Fantastic. Just kidding. I actually like Brandon Ayuk. Pain in my ass. But good value. Good value. Wide receiver 41 for me. I can see 65, 70 catch upside from Brandon Ayuk if Trey Lance can uh, be a half competent passer. Um, but going where he's going, I think he's he's worth he's worth a little bit of a shot, especially as a guy in his third year. Third year breakout is a real thing. This could be the uh, the opportunity for Brandon Ayuk to come out of his shell. Yeah, and he's shown flashes, and that's the thing with Ayuk. He has. Yeah, he definitely has. He's like a Curtis Samuel, where he's just like. Just you wait until he fulfills his potential. Yeah. And he'll be amazing. Yep. I agree. Uh, and then at tight end, George Kittle. I, I'm i not crazy about George Kittle, where he's going. Like, I'd rather – it's well established that I'm probably going to wait on a tight end, uh, n- namely Dalton Schultz, because he's oh. fantastic. But – well, Dalton uh, Schultz, you're not. You can't wait on Dalton Schultz anymore. <laughs> Hate to be the ba- the bearer of bad news, but Dalton Schultz is now going at the top end of round six, early, uh, late part of round five. Oh dear, he's going to TJ Hawkinson range. You can't wait on him anymore. Oh boy. Well then, I guess I can pick somebody. I could pick a Zach Ertz or a Pat Fryermuth or Cole Komet. No offense, uh, Fryermuth. Frymouth and Ertz are going in round nine. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know, George Kittle at tight end four, just looking at the numbers, it just doesn't do it for me. I, mean, I he, definitely have, I have definite concerns about Kittle. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo. And we saw what this offense was when it was with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the offense was running through George Kittle. Now, I don't know what this offense is going to be, quite frankly. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the yardage and the touchdowns. George Kittle hasn't hit a thousand yards since 2019. He had a he set a career high in touchdowns. Um, he's probably going to get like four or five touchdowns. That's kind of like his average, but. Um, I just think that if he stays healthy, and that's another concern, he hasn't played a full season since 2018, which is his breakout. Um, he missed two games in 2019. He missed most of 
2020 due to MetLife Stadium's turf, I think is the it's the cause of that. And then he missed three games uh, in 2021. And yeah, there are, there are reasons to be concerned about Kittle. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's move on here to the AFC West, the fun division. Where there'll be lots and lots of points for you. The fun division, unless you're, you are not a fan of offense. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. So talking about the Kansas City Chiefs here, the I can't even say like the presumptive winners of this division because we don't know. And the competition has gotten even more stiff as the offseason has gone on. But let's start with the with the reigning champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's a top five quarterback for you. He's my number two, my number two quarterback. There's something that I want to say about Mahomes, but I'm going to save that for when we talk about Justin Herbert. So I'm going to put that on the back burner for right now because there's something that I want to say. But obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's amazing, and people are people that are concerned about the loss of Tyreek Hill. I don't think it matters. I, I mean, it matters, but does it really? Because we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. And he is probably pound for pound the best quarterback in the National Football League right now. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the things that he does on the run alone would make him one of the best quarterbacks in in football. The way that he can fit balls in the tight windows. Um, You know, I think that, yeah, he's I don't think you're going to be worrying about him as much. No, no, you shouldn't. He he should not be of any concern to anybody. He's going to be basically the last two years where he's been, you know, superstar Patrick Mahomes. Well, at least consistently. And then 2019, he had a down year because of uh, a couple injuries. But 2018, where he threw 50 touchdowns, 5,000-yard passer. 2020, he was a 4,700-yard passer. Granted, he also missed time there as well. And then last year when he played a full slate of games, uh, 17 games played, 4,800-yard passer. So he'll be in the range of 4,600 and 5,000 yards. He's going to be just fine. Probably have somewhere in the range of 400-plus completions. He, he's going to be just fine. You don't have to worry about Patrick Mahomes. The only thing that I will say with Mahomes is because his name is Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get to this more when we get to Justin Herbert because there is a point that I do want to make. It's like, do you really want to get into an arms race drafting Patrick Mahomes when we talk about it on the show all the time, when you could just stream the position? But on the flip side of that, there are people in the industry right now that are saying, and you could choose whatever side of the coin you want to be on, that taking a top-end quarterback may actually be the move. I mean... I can see that because you just don't have to worry. Um, But also on the flip side of that, if you take a top end quarterback, then you're sacrificing at another position potentially Precisely. where you're taking, let's say you're going to go full balls to the wall nutso and be like, you know what? I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes in the third round or Josh Allen in the third round. Uh, last year, we saw Patrick Mahomes going in the second round in mock drafts that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sacrificing an RB2, 
a potential or a wide receiver one with a or for a quarterback that yes you kind of have to weigh that with every position and every selection that you make but um with the depth of options at quarterback you can get like you listen you're not going to get another Patrick Mahomes necessarily like you can't predict that you can't draft somebody in the 15th round expecting him to be the next Patrick Mahomes like everybody who drafted Patrick Mahomes in 2018 did but you can expect serviceable production and you can get the production that you'd be missing with Patrick Mahomes you can get that from other people on your team other players other positions that they're more valuable I agree with you to a point because I think with Mahomes in round three, it's a little rich for me. But if you're saying to me, Josh Allen is there in the middle of round three, I would really have to think about it. Because I, I think in the middle of round three is probably a steal for Josh Allen. You think he's going in the second round? Or he's, going he's, going at the two, he's going at the 2-9. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because of what he brings to the table. It's everything that Josh Allen encapsulates and, and brings to the table. This is this is a guy that is no doubt about it going to be a 4,400, 4,500-yard passer. He'll throw you 35-plus uh, TDs, and he's also going to run over 100 times. He's probably going to have seven or eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, that, that kind of production is, is, is just stupid. And, and if he does that, just, just doing loose math, that's a 400-point quarterback right there. And, and if, if he's a 400-point quarterback, yeah, that's likely he's going to be top two or three, if not one. Yeah. And I think one thing, like going back to Patrick Mahomes here, um, it's just something you have to think about. Yeah. And yep. we're going to talk about it with uh, when we get to the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Um, but as far as yeah, like stats, there is a, there is a point that I want to make with that. Yeah. Um, I think one thing you might have to worry about with Mahomes and he did play all 17 games last year. Uh, he played all 16 games in 2018. But he did have – he had, had a knee injury in 2019. Was it 19 where he had the knee injury? Yep. And then uh, 2020, I think it was also a, a lower body injury I think it as was well. as well. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so that's just something you have to think about. Um, you have to consider. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, he might not miss games per se, but – he might be playing hurt. And I think that's why like 2020 or 2019, he was down statistically because of that knee injury. He was playing hurt for a lot of it, for a lot of like half, basically half the season. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't say that definitively because I, I don't, I've not in Patrick Mahomes' head, but he was playing hurt for certain games that he wasn't, they didn't just miss completely for the aside from the two that you missed completely. But again, and we'll talk, we'll talk about this more and more uh, over the next couple of weeks. We gear up for drafts. My first home draft, by the way, is a week from today. Um, I'm a week from today. A month from today. I was about to say a week from today. What are you kidding? God, no. My first my first legit draft is in two weeks, and I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but we always say that quarterback is the easiest position to fill in in fantasy football in single quarterback 10 12 team setups quarterback is easy to fill well now, it's not even 14 not, teams and deeper obviously much more difficult 
but yeah, 10, 12 it's not even, it's easy. It's not even missing games that worries me. It's playing injured, how that affects him statistically. You know, he had his best season this year. Since, well, no, he, he had his best season in, tw- in 2018. What? Hold on. No, I know that. He threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he had one of his best seasons since 2018 this year where he threw for his most yards since that year in around 4,800 and he threw for 37 touchdowns through he threw for 38 in 2020, but um, you know, he's consistent for sure. And like, this might just be just his average right now is like 4,700 or 4,800 yards and maybe 40 touchdowns. Um, And then he's had every year that he's been the starter this is a ridiculous stat. Every year that he's been the starter, he's had exactly two rushing touchdowns every year. Model of consistency. Yep. But one more thing that I want to add before we move on to, to the running backs. Mahomes finished as the QB four a year ago. Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford were basically not, not Herbert. Herbert was going in like the middle of the draft, but Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford, even Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. Those are all top 10 quarterbacks that were taken within the range of double digits. Kirk Cousins in most places was not drafted. And he's a top 10. He was a top 10 quarterback a year ago. And I'll tell you, if it means anything to anybody at all, Mahomes had 355 points. Kirk Cousins had 294. So a 60-point difference, which is nothing. Yeah. This is absolutely nothing. For my money, I mean, I'm not picking a quarterback. I, I, I could pick a quarterback in the middle, like maybe Dak, maybe, um, maybe Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like a guy that I would pick. But, like – I could take somebody early if the opportunity is there, but I'm waiting for somebody like, uh, like Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers, or, um, maybe streaming, uh, if it comes down to it, because, you know, even the back end where you have like, uh, Trey Lance, who I know that you love, uh, we talked about earlier, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I love him anymore. He's going in round eight. I don't know if I love that. Uh, Derek Carr, who we're going to talk about in a second, you know, that Devontae Adams quote, love it. You know, it's really hard or it's really easy going from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback. I love you, Devontae, but you're high, buddy. <laughs> that was a very level-headed quote. Poignant, some would say. Yes. Even keeled. Yeah. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is down there. Uh, not crazy about Tua, but like Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Jameis, Justin Fields, maybe. Like those guys are there for you. And if you can find the next guy, you know, there's a on Blue Shirts Breakaway, Greg always says, uh, you should be finding the next Barkley Goodrow instead of paying for the current one. Yep. It's 100% right. That's what this is. 
Yeah. And even though I don't love Trey Lance going in round eight, I would rather pay an eighth, an eighth round pick, use an eighth round pick on Trey Lance than I would a third round pick on Mahomes. Well, yeah. Odds are, if my projections are correct, Trey Lance and Patrick Mahomes are going to have similar points at the end of the season. It may not be good on a week to week basis. I think that will lean heavily towards Mahomes. But when it's all said and done, I think Lance will not be far off from Mahomes in terms of fantasy yeah. points scored. I'd rather get like a like a Zeke or a Keenan Allen or T, T. Higgins. I don't know. A.J. Brown, Cam Akers in round three as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Now, Josh, Josh Allen, on the other hand, that's a different conversation for another day. Well, we all know your feelings about Josh Allen. No, I just think it's a value. I think it's I think it's really it. I think it's a value getting him in the middle of round three. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all personal feeling aside about how I feel about Josh Allen. Man, I love the guy. I mean, I would take a number one overall if I could. But I think if you can get Josh Allen middle of round three, I think it's a value. If you get Patrick Mahomes in the middle of round three, I don't know if that's a value. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. I, just for me, I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with waiting for a quarterback and getting something, getting a position of that's scarcer, like a running back, for example. Mr. I know Conservative you, strikes again. I know what you, I knew it. I knew what you were going to say before you are going to say it. Of course. Well, don't, don't even say that like you weren't the guy that was like, I'm going to wait until the back end of draft. Like you were Mr. Wait forever for a quarterback absolutely when we first but I'm, also, I'm doing... also willing to i'm willing to adjust if conditions call for set adjustment okay and i'm telling you if we are doing a lot if we're in our middle of our live draft and i'm at, sitting at the two three turn and josh allen is there i will be thinking about him 100 percent. okay and it will be it will be nice for that live draft when we get onto the running backs we spent about an hour on patrick mahomes um it will be nice for that live draft show because we can actually really talk about what we're thinking because I'm at one end, you're at the other. That's true. So we'll really be able to actually talk about what we're, what we're thinking. Because the group of players we have to choose from probably will not be the same. Yes, that's true. Unless somebody royally fucks up. Unless someone royally fucks up, yeah. All right, so the running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep. Uh, fam- I am famously not high on him, according to my bold prediction anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Ronald Jones. Yeah, and Ronald Jones. So Clyde, I has my RB28. Ronald Jones, I have my RB40. A little bit of a worry with, Cl- with Clyde because he showed up to camp on the pop he was placed in the pop and it was due to a failed physical and he needed to take the physical again and ended up passing said physical so um you know Clyde looks ready to go I would expect Clyde to be more involved this year without Tyreek Hill I think they take the available targets that Tyreek that Tyreek Hill has vacated with his departure to the Miami Dolphins I think Tyreek Hill target number if I remember correctly is 
159 targets that are now available. Yes, 159 targets that are now available in Kansas City. So I would expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get a fair chunk of those and potentially be a nice little value pick that you're taking as a top 30 running back late. Um, maybe, let's see where he's going right now. So Clyde is going right now. I think I saw he was going in like round five, I want to say. Yeah, round five, five, four. I think it's fine. I think it's fine going around guys like Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, Brees Hall. That's fine. I mean, I would rather Harris, Hall, Miles Sanders. I would rather prefer those guys over, over Clyde, but I think the higher, the highest ceiling out of all of them might be Clyde. So maybe that's, that's someone that you can go and target in that round five, round six range. Maybe if you get really lucky in drafts, I mean, he's there around six, you got to take him because I think that's a really, really good value to potentially uh, have in your, having your team. So, and Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones might be a pain in the ass. He might, he might be the goal line guy and maybe have more of the touchdown appeal. But I think overall, who's probably going to be the better running back in this backfield, I would say probably Clyde. Well, that's barring injury, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Barring injury. Because um, Clyde hasn't really stayed healthy for his two years in, in the NFL. And I mean, he's good, but I just haven't seen I just haven't seen it from Clyde at this point. He's got to be more consistent. He's got to be more consistent. But I think, again, I think with, with the targets that are now available there, I think Clyde will be a bit more consistent, at least from a fantasy perspective, given I think that he is going to be more involved in the passing game. I mean, let's just see uh, for fun. Well, he had 54 targets in 2020 um, and 33 catches on those. And they had only 23 targets in 2021. Yeah, and a year ago, he had 19 receptions in 10 games, I believe. And then in 13 games in 2020, he had 36, yep. I think is the number. And I have, him, I have him down for 42 catches. So basically like the Jonathan Taylor number is what I have him down for. I think Jonathan Taylor had projected for 43. I mean, and that's one of the knocks on Jonathan Taylor is that he just doesn't – he's not as great of a receiver as you'd want him to be. Well, 43 catches isn't bad. I mean, I had Nick Chubb projected for 23. True. And Derrick Henry, I didn't have I did not have projected for over 30. So for, I mean, he if, if Clyde can get 40 can get 40 catches, that's great from him. That's that's great. Yeah. And, he, and he's got a he has a chance to get 50. He has a chance. It's within the realm of possibility given the available targets that are now there in Kansas City. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about the receivers because there is a gaping void. And it, those targets aren't just going to go to Clyde or Ronald Jones or whoever. Because well, Ronald Jones, I do not expect to do anything. He can't, he can't catch a ball for shit. No, well, that's true. But, I mean, Clyde, let's say. Uh, I don't expect all those targets to go to Clyde. I, and you can't reasonably do that. You know, you know some of those targets are going to go to uh, MVS, who they brought in in the offseason. And Travis Kelsey, who'll probably get more of a bump now as well. Oh, my guy's Juju. Or Juju. Of my course. guy's Juju. Juju is the one. Juju is the one. MVS, I have down for, I think it was like 30 some odd catches. Yeah, 39 catches for MVS. And then Juju, I have down for 82 catches. Wow. Yeah, I think Juju is the guy here. 
Juju is the guy to have. And then I, I also like Sky Moore a lot, who I have down for 50 catches. But I like him a lot. And then you also got to factor in Michael Hardman is still here as well. Um, somebody in this Chiefs offense is going to become the guy. If I had to put my money on somebody, it's, it's, it is Juju. Because people are very quick to write off Juju. 2018, he was fantastic. People were calling him potentially the next Antonio Brown, next great Steelers receiver. And he had two injury-riddled campaigns in 2019 and in 2021. 2020, who's fine, had just, just, just nearly had 100 catches, but 128 targets and only 831 uh, receiving yards. But now he's going to an offense with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. Give me all of Juju, who is currently being selected in the back end of round eight. Yep. I love that. I love that a lot. And if you're going zero receiver and you're loading up on running back and just, you know, trying to hoard as many as you possibly can, Juju is a great target, even like late round six, early round seven. That's fine. I'm completely good with that because you're taking and Juju's going around Robert Woods, ich, Cordero Patterson, ich, Amon Ross St. Brown, eh, Elijah Moore, eh, Gabriel Davis, and eh, Devonta Smith, eh. What all those guys have in common is they are either in A, not great offenses, or B, they have a ton of competition around them for targets. Juju yes. does, but there are also 153 targets to go around. He's going to get maybe 50%, if not more, of those available targets, I would imagine. Well, you think that he'd be the wide receiver one, if there is one. I mean, Travis no, Kelsey absolutely. is the one. I'm right as that. He's my, he's my wide receiver 31. Yeah. So... I mean, there, there's definitely reasons to be optimistic for Juju. Um, you know, he he's was... Still, he's still so young. He's 25 years old. I know. He's the same age as us. Yeah, he's so, he's so young. And he did show a lot of flashes of potential in Pittsburgh yeah. in 2017 and 2018. I mean, 2018 was the big year where he had almost 1,500 yards and seven touchdowns. People talk about him as potentially the next Antonio Brown. Yep. And it's amazing what happens in, in three years. People are riding him off, and now he's going to go to Kansas City. I would make a calculated bet that out of all of like the post-hype sort of guys, Juju was the one that I could really see being a top 12-ish receiver. I, I, I can really see it. Well, yeah, combined with the with this quarterback in Mahomes, I mean, he could he could be really good. Again, you want to take receivers who have quarterbacks that you love, and who doesn't love Patrick Mahomes for fantasy? Yep. Nobody. So I look at it. I mean, just look at the guys that are going in his range. The quarterbacks I'll list off: Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Zach Wilson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. I can tell you the I can tell you the one that I would want, the number one for Patrick Mahomes over the number two for Josh Allen. I want that guy. 
number one receiver, I should add, because the number one is the guy we're going to talk about right now. Yes. The number one is actually Travis Kelsey, which is why I was like, number one receiver. He's not really the number one receiver in the Chiefs offense because the number one receiver is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey is amazing. Slowed, slowed down a bit last year. It was a weird sort of year for, for Travis Kelsey. Did not crack 100 receptions, was down on targets, was down for yards, had his fewest yards in a campaign since 2018. Had nine touchdowns, though. Travis Kelsey's fine. He's going to be fine. His name is Travis Kelsey. There's no need to really worry about that. But I wonder if the days of Travis Kelsey just being a fantasy cheat code are over. Because he's, he's also 32 years old. He's not, you know, in his late 20s. He's 32. So, you know, what, what's left of the prime years of Travis Kelsey? Are we reaching that, that time where we got to start looking at Travis Kelsey and saying maybe those prime years are over with when you're looking at some of the guys that are around him? Mark Andrews in his prime years at 26. Kyle Pitts hasn't even gotten there yet. He's 21. George Kittle in his prime years, 28. Dalton Schultz, 26. Uh, Darren Waller, 29, still in his prime years. So, you know, if we're, if we're looking at it that way, you know, do you really want to – I ask this, you know, carefully because, of course, it's Travis Kelsey. But do you want to spend a second-round pick? He's going to the 2-2. Do you want to spend a second round pick on Travis Kelsey coming off of a down year and not knowing really not knowing if the down year from last year is a sign of things to come? Well, I mean, you don't want him to turn into like LaShawn McCoy where you're like you, it's like playing a hot potato basically where you don't want to be left holding the bag or holding the potato where you're going to be the guy that drafts Travis Kelsey or, and it turns out that he has a mass, that he has massive regression and he's never going to be the same again. Yeah. But I think, I don't, I don't know if we're there yet with Kelsey, but it's definitely something to be concerned about. If anything. Well, yeah. But also as long as his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and as long as he is the focal point of the offense, I don't think you have too much to worry about in the second round. I don't know. That's a little nut. That's a little rich. Well, uh, surprise, Mark Ant. Mark Andrews going two twelve right now. Yeah. Surprise! You're paying for the elite tight ends. And the elite tight ends, they change the they change your overall team. Yeah. They change the complexion. You you have an elite tight end. I mean that that puts your team over the top in in certain matchups. And you just better hope that you can find production. You know wherever you're wherever you're not drafting, you're gonna have a hole either at running back or receiver. So you better hope you can find somebody in the fill it spot. Yep. But I mean, something to monitor. Uh, if Travis Kelsey does it again, where he just has kind of like a pedestrian year, and even last year wasn't a pedestrian year by any stretch. It was not um, a Travis Kelsey like year. Right. Where he doesn't have an absolutely out of this world year where he's setting records for uh, recept- for receiving yards or whatever he did in 2021 uh, or in 20, 20- yeah, no, 2020 with Kansas City. Um, you know, you have to be a little worried, but I don't think the time is the time has come yet for us to be like, oh God, is he on the downswing of his career? Like, what's going on? Well, you're not gonna take Travis Kelsey in round two. No, probably not, just because of 
the like yeah i'd rather take a running back but still if he's there in like round four which he's not going to be round four i know which he's not going to be oh my god if i somehow if, if he's if you're not taking travis kelsey until round four where are you taking mark andrews round five no no i'm saying if he's there in round four i'm like okay i think i should probably do this just because of if Travis Kelsey's in round three, I'd be saying, yeah, I should do this. Yeah. Round four. Woo. Well, if I get... Draft room equal- might be asleep. <laughs> it would be the luck equivalent of getting struck by lightning or getting bit by a shark. The draft room would have to be asleep. <laughs> or drugged. I don't know. There was that one year, I think it was 2017, where uh, Gronk just like fell to like round 10 or something. It was the weird, it was the weirdest experience. We were, that was in our league. I think I it was, why? It was an injury thing. It might have been. It might have been. But uh, yeah. So anyway, let's move on to the Chargers. And I want to hear your thing about Justin Herbert. And I think I know what it is. So Justin Herbert's going at the three six. Patrick Mahomes is going at the three eleven. Sorry, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert. And I love both. I love both. But I would rather take Mahomes. I think Mahomes is better. That's no slight on Justin Herbert. I just think Mahomes is. I think Patrick Mahomes is better than Justin Herbert. Wow, what a hot take! I, I know, I know. But but drafters right now are taking Herbert five spots higher than Mahomes, and I think it's silly. Um, I think the the thing with Herbert also is that he just had an incredible season. He threw for 5,000 yards, threw for 38 touchdowns. Um, He was good on the ground. He had three rushing touchdowns. A lot of those were uh, QB sneaks, which is always good. Touchdown is a touchdown. Still counts the same. Um, Rushing, anyway. Um, So I can see the appeal for Herbert. But I agree with you. I'd rather have the more established guy in Mahomes. Yep. And Herbert will be fine. Herbert will be fine. He'll he'll live up to his round three, if not early round four price tag. But I'd rather have Mahomes. Yep. Uh, running backs. Speaking of guys that are – well, I wouldn't say that all Snacker is overvalued because I think that he he's great. I really do like Austin Eckler heading into this year. I mean, Fancy Pros has him as their third overall player. I have him as my second right. overall player. Um, and it really what it, com- what it comes down to is the receptions and the amount of work that he gets to. He was eighth in the, in the league last year in total touches with 276, 14th in the league in touches per game and commanded a 13.9% target share with the 70 receptions that he recorded last year, ranking only second at the position to Najee Harris. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing about Austin Eckler that's good that we were afraid of heading into 2020 or heading into last season, coming off of 2020, is... Uh, that he is his health and his ability availability. Yep. 
where he only played 10 games in 2020. He played just about the entire season, uh, except for one in 2021. And I mean, there were definitely questions on whether or not he would play some weeks because of uh, just certain issues, certain injuries, but he was able to play. And the fact of the matter is, or the fact of the matter is, is that he had a fantastic season, 20 total touchdowns, just about 1500 total yards rushing and receiving. I mean, what more, what more can you like, or what more can you want? He was viewed as a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, and now he might just be the new version of what what we want Christian McCaffrey to be. Well, now Christian McCaffrey is a poor man's Austin Eckler. He might be. Yeah, he might be. He might be. But Pete Christian McCaffrey would blow Austin Eckler out of the water. But Eckler, I mean, he's fine. He's going to come down with your – I have him projected for 77 uh, catches. Don't have him getting 1,000 yards, but I have him projected for 16 total touchdowns. Yeah. Can you get you that? He's lived up to the price tag as the as the uh, number two overall pick. And I think the one thing with Eckler is that you really have to, in, in half and non-PPR, you really have to kind of weigh your options with that because he had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think he's going to hit that again. Because mm-hmm. that was – and even the, the rushing yards where – and the attempts, everything was like – a statistical outlier. It was kind of like Cooper cup a little bit where you had like a steady average or a steady stream of production. And then boom, your line graph goes completely skyrocketing where you have 200 attempts, almost a thousand yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns, um, 70 catches, which is uh, his best since, 2019, we had 92, uh, 647 yards and eight receiving touchdowns. You, yeah, you can't expect that per se, but you can definitely expect something close to that. And yeah, you're looking for that for Eckler for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's great. And he's going right now at the fifth overall pick. Uh, you get him at five. Congratulations. That's really well done. That's in full. He's going at the fifth overall pick. Yep. Wow. Fifth and full. Who's who's the top five? In full? Taylor McCaffrey, Henry Cup. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Eckler is. If I had the fifth overall pick, I would be looking for Eckler because he's great. Yeah, he is. Yep. Uh, any other running backs you want to talk about? You want to move on to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Clear handcuff for the Chargers is going to be Isaiah Spiller. It's just another one of their of the long list of big running backs, the thunder to the lightning of Austin Eckler, if you will, of guys that they've taken stabs on in the last couple of years, Josh Kelly in 2020, then Larry Roundtree last year. That new guy now is Isaiah Spiller. You can't forget Jets legend Kevin Balazs. Uh, but he didn't start out as that. They wanted they wanted no. that Thunder to be Roundtree and and Kelly. I know and I'm then, being a little. I'm being kind of facetious with that. I don't really. Well, I think everyone has started Kalen Balaj at least once. Not even once. Never. Oh, I have. 
Oh, I, I, I definitely have. I don't think I might have, but I, I definitely wasn't happy about it. Oh, I think I was happy about it. I think I think you might have scored for me. Uh, that might have been that one week. But anyway, besides the point, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen is your guy. You know, you we had the Keenan Allen Justin Herbert stack last year, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, for Mike Williams, or for Mike Williams, you have to see if he could live up now that he's gotten his big contract. I think he's going to, given the volume that this LA offense is probably going to have, and I think he's going to be your primary weapon outside. Keenan Allen's going to operate as your main inside guy. Mike Williams, I have projected for 75 catches. Keenan Allen, I have projected for 100 catches. Both of them over 1,000 yards. Keenan Allen, I have down for seven touchdowns. And then Mike Williams, I think Mike Williams, I think I have down for eight touchdowns. Yes, eight touchdowns. So all in all, they're both going to be, I think they're both going to be safe. Uh, Mike Williams has my wide receiver 23. Keenan Allen, I have my wide receiver seven in full point. All right. Uh, tight end. Who do you got here for the LA Chargers? Let's see. Who do I have as the tight end for the Chargers? It is Gerald Everett who I have yes. as the the main tight end here at tight end twenty one? Uh, you know he's he's fine. You know they've kind of they've had their fair share of guys. They've tried to be the tight end. You know from from when they had Hunter Henry to then they went to. Jared Cook and then uh, Donald Parham, and now it's Gerald Everett. So, um, but he's a little unexciting for me. Only 50 catches I haven't projected for for 517 yards and three touchdowns. So, it's not really one that I want to go and uh, and invest in. Really, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Gerald Everett's definitely he kind of has a low ceiling. Very for you, very yeah. low ceiling. Because a lot of those touchdowns are going to be going to Eckler and Allen and some going to Mike Williams. But the Chargers didn't seem like they threw to the tight end as much last year. They did not. They did not. Uh, Okay. So next team is the most, in my opinion, they're the most interesting team of this division going into this season. And that's the Denver Broncos from a fantasy perspective. Yep. Um, because obviously they got a new quarterback, Russell also Wilson. The hardest to, also the hardest to project, mind you. Yes, because of the new quarterback, because you're yeah. kind of just like trying to put Russell Wilson's stats on like Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke's production and try and fit that in with the Broncos' options. Yeah, but I think if, if, if the Broncos' offense is going to be ran anything similar to the Green Bay offense, because, of course, Nathaniel Hackett, their new head coach, former offensive coordinator in Green Bay to Aaron Rodgers. If it's going to be anything like that, it's going to be a very, very nice hotbed for fantasy production. The only problem is that there is just so many interesting, interesting pieces in this offense to try and go and target that you don't know if all of them are going to pan out. And there might be one or two that, that do burn you, but Russell Wilson, of course, the guy that they they brought in to be their franchise quarterback. I think we see a a really I don't want to say a, rena- a renaissance sort of season from Russell Wilson, but definitely a bounce back 
from the last couple of years in Seattle, where it was very, it was hot and cold, really. I know in 2020, he had 40 touchdowns, 4,200 yards, but there were times over these last couple of seasons that it was just kind of like, not very inspiring. And Russell Wilson never really has been, at least for me, I know a lot of people are going to disagree, but Russell Wilson never has never been really a guy that I flocked to in fantasy. He's just someone that I've always just stayed away from. I've had him once and it wasn't really that much fun. So personal experience coming full on into, into the mix here. Uh, I, I won't be having any shares of Russell Wilson, even though this is a, it, this is an exciting offense to be a part of. I just don't want to be a part of it. Honestly, I kind of like Russell Wilson because of the, listen, he is getting older. He was drafted 10 years ago. If you can believe that um, in the third round and with the injuries that he had last year that took him out for the first time in his career, if you can believe that it was the first time he missed games. I'm sure nobody talked about that at all. Um, but, and he was, and it seemed like he was definitely slow, uh, a little bit before and a little bit after that injury. But, um, I think with these off with these, uh, options that he has in the Broncos offense with Colton Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Alberto, of course, at tight end. Um, I kind of like it with, with Russ here. And he could still he could still run the ball for you. You know, he still had a, a couple of rushing touchdowns for the the past few years. Um, it's not the same as like his rookie year, where he rushed for four touchdowns, or in 2014 where he rushed for six and he had uh, 849 yards. But it's still there for you. He's still going to get like a a solid amount of uh, rushing yards and rushing attempts. But um, Russell Wilson as a guy, as like the back end of the top tier of quarterbacks or back end of the top 10 of quarterbacks, like it's not bad. I'd be interested in that. Uh, just in the span of this conversation, I moved Russell Wilson down one. He's my QB 13 now. Matthew Stafford is my QB 12. Okay. And let me see where the consensus has uh, Russell Wilson because I'm, 10. I'm curious. They do have him at 10. Yeah, and Matt Stafford's at 11. Really? There are people who have him at like QB 4 and 5. Like, what? Wait, people have Matt Stafford at QB 4? No, 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 Russell Wilson. Oh. Oh, Russell Wilson. That's cra- that's crazy. I'm sorry. No. No. Like QB 10. QB 10, I, under- I-, I understand that. I-, I would understand that, but, ooh, wow. Wow, that's low. Oh, wow. People do have him at QB4. That's crazy. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's silly. That is, and you can see everybody, that all the experts that have, where they have him. And yeah, there are a lot of people that have him. There's someone that might not have updated their ranking, rankings or they're a big uh, Broncos fan. Uh, they have him at QB2. That can't yeah. be right. No, thank you. No, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Running backs. Oh, God. I th- We've talked about the Broncos running backs a fair amount just because it's like 
why can't they just leave Javante Williams by himself? It's very annoying. It really is. It really is. Um, but I've kind of come around on it, and I think that you know, while Melvin Gordon is going to be a pain in the ass and will take away a lot of Javante Williams and his overall upside, I think Javante Williams is going to be fine. All right, he'll be a thousand-yard guy. Maybe the touchdowns will be a little bit lower than maybe some would expect just because of Melvin Gordon and how Melvin Gordon is just a, a touchdown monster. Um, More like a touchdown vulture. Well, monster. I mean, he hasn't been the vulture yet, but he's about to be. Um, but both of them both of them are fine. It's possible, possible that in, deep, in deeper leagues, like in 12, 14 team leagues, you could probably start both. On a week-to-week basis, it's possible. I don't know if I would love it, but if you're short on options and you have Javante Williams and you end up drafting Melvin Gordon and you wanted to start both of them, you probably could. You probably could because I definitely expect Javante to be the guy that handles a large chunk of the stuff in between the 20s. And then in the red zone, it becomes more of a crapshoot as to who's going to get what. But I mean, I, I I still like Javante. It's just I'm not I'm not as hot on him as I would have been if Melvin Gordon was not back with the Broncos. If if Melvin Gordon was not there, Javante Williams would be, would be a top eight or nine running back with ease. But instead, he's my RB twelve, and Melvin Gordon is my RB thirty three. Yeah, and like we said, it's looking to be almost like a Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt situation from a couple years ago. Um. I don't think to that extent. I look at it more maybe as an Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon situation. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. Well, I guess people are high on AJ Dillon now. Um, and it's like the reverse. Oh, well, never mind. But um, yeah, kind of. I. I don't know. I wouldn't be comfortable starting both of them necessarily because we we usually play in 10 team leagues. Like if me personally, but um, that could be an option. I don't know. No, in 10, you can't. In 10, you can't. There's always going to be a guy. But in 12, 14 team leagues. Yes. Yeah. You, you're, you may have that situation where you encounter buys and you're short on guys and you need someone to fill in. I think you could probably get away with Melvin Gordon on certain weeks, depending on matchups. I mean, would you, would it be like a mandatory thing? Like you should, if you draft, if you're going to go and draft Javante Williams, you, it's like a must do. It's a must draft with Melvin Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, receivers, Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton. Maybe this will be the year that Jerry Judy breaks out. Well, I mean, he's got the quarterback play now. So, I mean, the, the ingredients are all there. Uh, Cortland Sutton is my wide receiver 22. Jerry Judy is my wide receiver 27. Um, Jake has kind of talked me into the whole Cortland Sutton thing, and I understand it, that Cortland Sutton maybe is the DK Metcalf here, and Jerry Judy is more the Tyler Lockett here, which is fine. It's definitely fine. Like, if that is what Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy become, I don't think – fantasy managers that have them are going to complain, but I'm just higher on Sutton because of the overall touchdown upside that he presents, but who has the higher ceiling? I think the higher ceiling is Judy. Yep. 
Well, you know, you know how it goes. Alabama receiver. They're always good in the NFL. <sighs> Henry Ruggs. Always good in the NFL. Henry Ruggs put a severe dent into that theory. But I also I also want to point out too, um, KJ Hamler is is here. He's like a borderline top 90 receiver. Um, but Tim Patrick as like a deep sort of flyer, I can get behind that. He's my wide receiver 67. But in 12, 14 team leagues, if you're looking for maybe a guy with a significant chunk of upside, I think Tim Patrick could, could be that guy. Yeah, he's definitely a deep sleeper. Yeah. Very deep, deep sleep. Not really not going to do the thing. Oh, I'm way too tired. Okay. I'm way too tired to go deep sleeper. Well, you did it there. You did it there. So I'm happy. Yeah, I exert some energy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So briefly, touch on Albert O for us. Uh, he's in the range of like Gerald Everett, Logan Thomas, Cameron Brait, David Njoku, guys that are flyers. They're streamers probably. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of out on Albert O, but he definitely has the, the highest ceiling out of all those guys that I mentioned for sure. Just because he's playing tight end in a Russell Wilson led offense in a good quarter in a competent offense. I think if you were to pair an Albert O with like a Zach Ertz or a TJ Hawkinson, I think that's fine because you have a proven option at tight end and you can wait a couple of weeks for Alberto to see what he's got. And if Alberto doesn't pan out, then you cut him and you go and get somebody else. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Okay. Last but not least the Las Vegas Raiders starting off with my guy, Derek Carr. I'm going to keep this very brief because we've talked about Derek Carr a thousand times. He's safe with a terrible ceiling a very high floor and is unexciting. He will get you to the playoffs. He will not win you a championship. No comment. He threw for almost 5,000 yards last year. Adam, do me a favor. During our draft, take Derek Carr. I will take him in the first round. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not. I will take it. Take Derek Carr. Okay. Take Derek Carr. Start him. Let me know how it goes. What's that? I don't know if he's a starting option per se, but what? You're reeling back the takes now. You're reeling it back. Well, he is a starting option on his matchup. He's in a matchup dependent a little bit, but he does have a high floor, like you said. Yeah, a safe floor, high floor. I I mean, I look at a guy that I have. I mean, I have Derek Carr above a Jameis Winston. I would rather have Jameis Winston over Derek Carr. Well, I mean, now he has Devontae Adams. I, mean, I, would, rather move, I would rather have Jameis Winston. I mean, that's got to move the needle somewhat for you, right? No, not at all. I mean, move the needle for me to rank him as, as a top 15 option. Like, that's good. 
that's really that's very good. But I don't see Derek Carr being a 30, 30 touchdown guy. I, I do not see that at all versus Jameis. I could see Jameis as a 30 touchdown guy. It's within the range of outcomes. But obviously think, having Devontae Adams is, 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 is huge. And that's part of the appeal. Does, does, that make, does, does that turn him into Aaron Rodgers? No. No. I think it, with Devontae Adams, I think he could be a 30-touchdown guy. I would make a bet with you that he's not a 30-touchdown guy. Okay. Well, since we're, since we're 2,000 miles away, I can't we can't bet like breakfast or anything. But well, next next time you're back when this bet is is settled, we'll go to break. We'll go to breakfast, and loser has to pay. Okay, done. And 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 pick and the winner picks the location. Okay, deal. You're on. All right, you're on. Uh, okay. So Josh Jacobs. Josh oh, Jacobs. I just have to. He, he just has busts written all over him. It is bust written all over him. My RB 21. The problem with Josh Jacobs that I have is a year ago, Josh Jacobs was a 54 catch guy. And that really is what his value is. Was, was why he was a top 15 running back is because the 54 catches on the ground. He was not great. 217 carries 872 yards only. Nine touchdowns. The alarming trend that we have here with Josh Jacobs is that he's gone down in terms of his numbers every year of his career. He has gone down. So I don't want to be in on that, especially with Josh McDaniels now. That is a very... Uh, committee sort of guy. I don't want that. I really don't. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm out on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to me that Josh Jacobs still hasn't caught a receiving touchdown in his career. Yeah, yeah I actually uncovered that like a couple of weeks ago, that Josh Jacobs has not caught a receiving touchdown in his career, and I find that to be crazy. That is absurd. That's got to be is. like a typo. I wish it was. Yeah, fifty-four. I, I wish it was a typo. You have to, you have fifty-four catches, and not one of them went for a touchdown last year. You had one hundred and seven career catches, and not one went for not a touchdown. A single one. That's rough. But I kind of agree with you on Jacobs. Um, his rookie year was really inspiring, or not inspiring. But, like, it was good. 2020 was very good. Yeah. 2020 uh, also, was the best year of his career. Where he had just over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's key. 12 mm-hmm. touchdowns. That's amazing. Yep. Um, and the thing is that he stayed relatively healthy also. Uh, he's missed – he missed two games last year. He missed one game in 2020. missed three games in 2019. He's dealt with kind of, like – recurring injuries like minor injuries throughout the season where it was like a will he won't he as far as whether or not he's playing but other than that he's been on the field 
But I think, yeah, the usage doesn't inspire me at all for Jacobs, especially, especially now that he has a target hog or somebody who's going to require a lot of attention in Devontae Adams at receiver. And they're going to have Hunter Renfro back. And Darren Waller is going to be, is going to hopefully play a full season. He's going to want his targets. And whoever else they have at receiver that is going to uh, get some targets here. There's just just too many mouths, as we said. There's only one ball, you know? Yeah, there's only one ball. It's true. Trying to see who do I have from the Raiders that I also have ranked to Marcus Robinson. I think that's it outside of Renfro Adams and Waller. That's it. That's it. So nice segue going to the receivers, Adam. Good, good job. Good job. Pat on the back. Radio professional. Good good podcasting. Radio professional. Devontae Adams, my wide receiver five. It's Devontae Adams. Regardless of where he is, there's something about Devontae Adams too, that in the black and silver is going to look so weird, but so good. Because those Raiders uniforms are just, they're sexy. I know. I think it's really cool whenever they have their press conferences where it's like they have the black backdrop and the, and the like the silver podium. It just looks so awesome. It does. It does. It's a very classy, classy look, but Devontae Adams is going to be fine. They've paid him a large sum of money. So he, there is no concern with Devontae Adams that he's going to get his. No concern. Hunter Renfro, my wide receiver, 36. He's a stud. Doesn't get the respect that he deserves, but he's a stud. The only issue that I have with Hunter Renfro is you just have to look at the matchups when Darren Waller was there. Versus the matchups when Darren Waller wasn't there. There was a clear, clear discrepancy in the amount of work that he got. Now, I will say that on third down, Hunter Renfro was the apple of Derek Carr's eye. It was like automatic. Third down, you know Derek Carr is going to Hunter Renfro. Does that continue? Probably. Probably not, or probably. Um, I think the medium for Renfro is probably in the range of him getting somewhere somewhere between eight to ten targets a game. I have him down for 73 receptions. So he'll be a solid wide receiver three in PPR with some touchdown upside. My only problem also, well, another problem that I have with Hunter Renfro, I'm not the only problem, but – he had nine touchdowns a year ago after four in 2019 and 20 and two in 2020. That number has to come down, I would think. So, yeah. you know, what's what is the regression look like for Hunter Renfro? Is it does he have seven or eight touchdowns or is it more five or six or is it between two and four? We don't know. I well, I would think that the number is between is between five and six if i had to guess i think the regression or the average i'm not doing projections or anything but i think the average season for renfro right now is probably like maybe 60 70 catches like you said 
800 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that's what you're looking That's probably what you're looking at. Well, I can tell you what he's averaged for his career, if that's what you're asking. Well. He's, he's averaged 69 catches. Nice. Very nice. And five touchdowns over the course of his career. If you, if you want the yards, I can give you the yards too. 766 yards. Yeah. Average. And I mean, the thing is, is that this is the first time that he's hit a thousand yards in his career. Anyways, even close the first two years of his career. Mm-hmm. So that's something you have to think about. Right. And the targets too: 71, 77, 128. Yeah. That's a huge jump. And so I see, I see that the, the red flags go up immediately. Yes. And take a shot because I'm mentioning Devonte Adams again. He's going to have an impact on those targets and those yards and those touchdowns. Yep. Yes, he will. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not looking, I'm not going to avoid Hunter Renfro, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, Hunter Renfro. He did it. He did well last year and be, and be okay with it. You draft him in wide receiver three territory and full point PPR. Yeah. Let's see where he's going right now. He's going in the sixth round. That's disgusting. No, thank you. <laughs> what? Really? He's going in the sixth round. That's gross. That is that that is horrifying. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. You do, however, like <laughs> this is this is silly. Darren Waller is going in the top top bar around five, and Hunter Renfro is going around six. Draft Darren Waller around five. Oh do my that. God. Do that because Darren Waller has a thousand yard upside. He has a thousand yard upside. He'll be he'll be a guy that if healthy, 75, 80 catches, thousand yard upside, six, seven touchdowns. That well, is what Darren Waller is going to be. And yeah, I, I'm I'm smitten with Waller. Really? It sounded like a couple of weeks ago, it sounded like you we were both of us, it sounded like we were just so low on him, like he was washed. Well, I like Waller for where he's going. I have concerns about Waller period. Cause I don't know, you know, whether he's past it or not. Like I would much rather have Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I have above him. In my ranks down Waller's my tight end six. I would rather have Cole Komet. I would rather have Zach Ertz. I would rather have Pat Fryerworth. I'd rather have Irv Smith. It all comes down to just where, where I'm, where I'm at in a draft. And if he's there, it, I'm, am I taking him around five? Probably not. Am I taking him around six? Middle to late round six, I would consider it. Yes. Yeah. Even top, and, even top around six, I would think about it if he's there. And I mean, the caveat for Darren Waller is when he's healthy. Yeah. Big, big caveat when he's healthy. Yes. And really, I mean, last year was the first year that he missed significant time since he's been with the Raiders, but he just didn't seem to have it at all last year. No. Even when he was healthy for those, for parts of games, he just didn't seem healthy, healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, he was banged up. He was banged up and we just got to hope that for this year, he comes back, he's fit and he's ready to go. Yeah. And for what it's worth, he is the 26th hardest schedule or his strength of schedule is ranked at 26th. So, yeah. 
that's like the what is that the fifth no sixth, seventh, sixth hardest schedule sixth. math sixth sixth hardest schedule but he's in a division where there gonna be a lot of points scored and a lot of shootouts so you yep. want a piece of that that's that's definitely an avenue to go to go uh embark on yeah where where every game is going to be chiefs rams from 2018 yep exactly which hopefully. i am i am here for it hopefully love offense uh okay well thank you for listening to this episode of the basic talk podcast fantasy show next episode it's going to be the three amigos once again doing yep. rankings rankings disputes yes sir very excited could be a good time Yep. Uh, you can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>